Brother Brad. Thank you very kindly. Thank you, sir. Good evening, friends. I'm happy to be here tonight to service of the Lord Jesus Christ and to see this lovely crowd of people out. I believe if they had what was on the ground up in the place, we'd just about have it filled up tonight. So we're very thankful to see this nice, beautiful audience. We wouldn't want you to go up if you sat here because it would you want to get in close to the service, and we wish it was so we could have everyone right around where we were standing. And just as I come up to the platform just now, the boy run someone gave the the my boy there this a string from the little waterhead baby that was spoke to the other night here. And um, here's the string from the first night, about an inch and a half, and then the second night, it's an inch or better gone the second night again. So that makes right on between three and four inches shrunk in the last 48 hours. We thank and praise the Lord for His goodness. I was just thinking that six paralyzed people sitting in wheelchairs that's got up out of their wheelchairs and walked in this meeting went away. And many of them on cots and stretchers and different diseases of their bodies are reporting the Lord Jesus has made them whole. So that certainly is wonderful, isn't it? We're happy for all this, and we give God praise for all of it. Now, may His blessings be upon you. Now, I want to take this opportunity to say that this has been a great meeting to me. I've had many times as more people out, but it's been a real good, solid meeting. And we have uh, enjoyed every bit. I speak for myself and my party, or my party myself, rather, and to my minister brothers, the ones who has sponsored this meeting, it's indeed been a pleasure to me, brethren, to be with you here under your sponsorship. You've done a marvelous job of advertising, cooperating, and all. And I am sorry that I didn't get to meet each one of you personally and shake your hand. I've been a little handicapped, brethren, in this time. Nothing of your account, but on account of Brother Moore. He didn't get here, and we was without a manager Mr. Woods, my dear beloved brother here, he never tried to manage a meeting, and he wouldn't know how to do it. And I've got a boy here that's just a kid, so he wouldn't know what to do. So, and to be honest, I wouldn't know what to do. So we just had to do the best we could. And you've been very fine, and I appreciate you. And I hope that someday that I can be back with you again under the same sponsorship to have a, a longer and maybe God give us a greater meeting. And I pray that it'll, this meeting will be a great thing to all your churches. May your churches grow. May the blessings of God rest upon each one of you. And may the great ministries come out of your churches, evangelists and so forth, to go forth in this last day in the service of the Lord. And to you people, it's been your finances that's paid off all of our debts. Uh, my boy's tried to take care of it this time, and it's new to him, and he's tried his best. And he said, well, Daddy, we're leaving without owing a penny and everything, and said they're giving you a love offering tonight, and it'll be free. I always 
uh, take my love offering, I usually get it at the end of the service, and if they don't have the debts paid up, well, I use that to pay up the debts. And uh, to try, to, uh, we don't, never want to ever have a pressure put on a meeting. No time. I just wouldn't stand for it. I never have. And we're not here to get people's money. We are here to help you to do everything we can to let you be in closer contact with the one who we all love, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's our sole purpose of being in any meeting. And if I would have took the money, not that's been, that I asked for, but money that would have been given to me, I'd be a malted millionaire. I had a million five hundred thousand dollars given to me in one bank draft, and I refused to put my hands on it. And I, I wouldn't have it. Because you, there's about three things that you'll watch that'll really start a minister on the downgrade, and one of them is money. Money, then popularity, when you think you're something, when you know you're nothing. So, popularity, and then go to run around uh, with some woman or something. That, then, one of them three things, then you, you, those things, you keep free from that, and God will take care of the rest of it for you. You just keep your head thinking right. And with God's grace, I've tried to shun all those things. I've refused money, ranches, and everything else that people would give me. Well, I refuse to take it just for that purpose. I don't want to be bothered with it. I just won't want enough money to run this meeting, and God will supply enough for the next meeting when we come to it. And then if he don't supply it, maybe I was out of his will. <laughs> so then, and that's the way I try to... And then for popularity, I've shunned that. You know that. And I know that I'm nothing. And I, where did, like God told David, I took you when he was in the sheep coat. And that's where I was at, too. Only worse than that. And he loved me, and I, I have three meals a day, and healthy, and can eat, and I have a little home up there, the parsonage that belongs to the tabernacle that I used to pastor. They couldn't put me out, but they wouldn't do it. So I've got a place to stay, three lovely little children, and this boy here, and I, I'm and a lovely little wife, and I love her with all my heart, the only woman in the world that I, I love. And so that's, uh, that settles that. And I hope that God will always keep me that way. And... Um, so I'm very happy to be in this service and to find this my first time in Georgia, but it's certainly, uh, you've certainly been taught grace down here and know how to take a hold of God. I wish that Brother Moore would have been here so the meetings could have been of more force. If I have to preach, last night my boy taking me a little early on what I thought he should have done, but he said, Daddy, you turned completely white. If that boy would give himself over to God... He sees visions too, and but uh, he just in the la adolescent age, and you pray for him. He, I keep him in the meetings because I know what young life is. I was young once myself, and I've been both mother and daddy both to him. His mother died when he was just a little bitty, eighteen months old baby, and I've raised him, packed him in my arm, put his bottle under my uh, coat here and keep it warm in winter time, put it under my pillow at night to keep it warm by my own body, and I, he's just been raised up on my arm. So I. Uh, I love him, and he goes with me, and we're re leaving straight from this meeting to go to Zurich, Sweden, right away. Uh, Zurich, Switzerland, rather, right away. And we've traveled world over together. Pray for us as we go. And every penny that you people give in this love offering tonight, I wish I didn't have to take that. I, I just wish I didn't have to do it. But I, I have to in order. I have no other way of making a living just for the alms of the people's the way I live. And... Another thing, I, I have a great expense at home. My expenses, whether I'm in a meeting or not, runs me between 75 and $100 a day. I send out thousands of letters. 
and everything across the world, around the world, and books and uh, everything. So my expenses are pretty heavy. And then every penny, when I get a love offering, I go see how much behind we are at the bank. I pay it off and just pay up enough for... Then what I have left over, it goes right straight in foreign missions to go overseas to help the people over there. And I, I'm sure by the grace of God, I'll spend every penny of it as reverently as I know how for the kingdom of God. And then at the day of the judgment, when we all meet together, you'll find out that the reason the black man or the yellow man or somewhere in the other nations, it'll be your money that helps Sammy there to get him saved. And he, I know you'll shout the victory through the ages that is to come over it. And I'll be um, your brother, and I love you. And I used to say this, the night never gets too dark or the rain never falls too hard, but what I would come to you. I said that when I first started. I wish I could now, but there's just too many. I, I couldn't do that. But I'll be glad at any time to pray with you by the phone. Uh, write to me if you want one of these prayer claws from home. Now, it, the, the little thing that's made up will be made up by a mimograph machine, but the cloth I have individually prayed over. I know what if it was my baby sick and I had confidence in some brother of God heard his prayer. I wouldn't want some secretary to make it up. I'd want it to come from him. And so they say, do unto others as you'd do unto you. So if you need one, now I'm not saying this. I know a lot of radio talk with brothers who has radio programs. They want you to write to them so that they can get your address and, and uh, send to you for offerings and things. That, you won't get a letter like that, friends. And I believe it's your money belongs in your church, just exactly where, where it belongs. And you put it in your church, your tithings and so forth, to support your church. Um, don't, I'm just trying to help you. You don't have to send one thing. Just send it's everything free. Just you need a prayer cloth, keep it. If it isn't here tonight and you miss yours, you send. If you want one just to keep, you send and put it on Acts 19 in the Bible. And when sickness strikes your home, go pin it on your child that's got the croup or whatever it is, and then believe God with all your heart. And it's absolutely yours free, no charges to nothing. And just want you to be helped of the Lord. And if I never get to see you no more this side of glory, on the other side, I hope that we sit down by the evergreen tree, there by Christ, the fountain of inexhaustible fountain of life, and we shake one another's hands and have a thousand years with each other to talk it all over, over in the other world. The sun's a setting, friends. We got to work now. I love you. And I know you love me. And I appreciate everything that's been done. The good Lord bless you is my sincere prayer. Shall we bow our heads just a moment? Precious Heavenly Father, tonight we are come to the close of this marvelous making meeting. After this being the tenth night of seeing your great mighty hand move through the people and the great infallible evidences of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ moving among the people, revealing their sins on the platform, healing the deaf, the blind, the spastic, the crippled, the lame, the halt the cancer, heart trouble, making them well, showing your great signs that you're still the living God, that death only glorified you, and you rose again and alive forevermore. And it's helped our hearts so much, Lord, and it'll help this part of the country, your visit here with us. And we're so happy. We pray, God, that it'll increase the membership of every church through Georgia.
God grant it, and may the results cause an old-fashioned revival to break out and go nationwide. And the uh, homes that's broke up will be reunited again. Men and women who are away from God will come back again, and those who are away from the church will come back and come into the fellowship again. Grant it, Lord. And soon send Jesus, the great shepherd of the flock, for we're longing to see him and to look upon his face and to love him and express our adorations to him, how we appraise him and adore him for all he's done for us, and tell him that when the way got weary and we got tired, that he was always there to meet us and to help us. Oh, we love him tonight, Father, and we pray that his great blessings will remain on every church through this community and every house and every individual that's had anything to do with this meeting, and may it all be to thy glory. Now, as we're approaching the last part of the service, or the closing of this service, we pray that you'll give us a double potion tonight of thy blessings. May the Holy Spirit come and bless every heart here, and do in our midst tonight, Lord, this exceedingly abundantly above all that we could do or think. And we'll return and give thee all praise, for we ask it in the name of thy beloved Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm not very good at expressing and telling people what, how I appreciate them and so forth, but I hope that God Himself, the Holy Spirit, will express to every heart just the way that I feel about you tonight. This, this is not an easy thing, and I, I'm not an isolationist. I love my brethren. And just about time I get acquainted with people and just get to know one another and begin to feel and their confidence begin to raise up, then I have to say, goodbye, I've got to go somewhere else. See? But one of these days we're going to meet where we'll never say goodbye. Right. We'll have plenty of time then. God understands, and I hope that he'll reveal it to your heart. Pray for this Swedish meeting coming on. I keep calling it Sweden. It's not Sweden. It's Switzerland. Zurich. We're looking for about 150,000 people at the first meeting at Zurich, Switzerland. When I was up just by the way, the vision that really led that great meeting in Finland just recently, that vision come when I was in Georgia passing through here on a train. I seen a little boy being raised from the dead. I went to, down in Miami and there predicted it before thousands of people. Was anybody at the Miami meeting that's here present tonight when I predicted? I see some hands going up here. Here? That's good. Well, that's fine. You remember what I said? Told how the boy would be looking. He'd be killed by an automobile accident. There'd be stones laying lap like that and green timbers standing up. The little boy would have kind of what we call a crock haircut, brown eyes. His foot would be run through his little sock and so forth. That's just the way it was. I predicted it all around over the United States. Two years later, I was in Helsinki, Finland. We went from there up to Kopio. That's in the Laplands. Coming down off the mountain one day, I seen with having a marvelous meeting, and we went up there to show me the tower where they used to watch from the Germans and come in and, and bomb their little city over there and, and the Russians. And on my road down, I seen where an American-made automobile had struck two little children, hit one under the chin and knocked him over against a tree and crushed his brain against the tree, the fender, and the other one run right over the other little boy and rolled him up under him and kicked him way out across the road, and he was laying dead with some coats over him. And the people in Finland, they, they live in the city, and, 
and uh, farm out in the country and walk back and forth. Very poor people. And I, Brother Moore and Brother Gordon Lindsay and them went over to take a look at the little boy. And uh, they come back and they were crying. They said, Brother Bram, you ought to go see him. I said, I don't want to see him. I've been gone France and England and many places. And I had a, my little Billy Paul was just about that age then. I was homesick to see him and I, I didn't want to go see that little dead boy. So finally they persuaded me to go over. And when I went to look at the little lad... I looked down at him, and my heart was breaking to see the little fella, and I turned away. And when I turned away, something laid its hand on my shoulder. I thought it was Brother Lindsay, and I looked around. There was nobody around me at all, and the hand was still on my shoulder. See how stupid a preacher can be? So I looked down, and I couldn't make it out what it was. And I looked again, and I said, Would you raise that coat back? They'd gone to get the father and mother. And I just thought how that little father and mother's going to feel when they come in and found their little boy laying there dead. And he'd been dead about 30 minutes then. And they'd gone out in the country to get the father and mother. And I said, well, could I look at that again? So the interpreter spoke, and they raised it up. And I thought, well, where? And I had to look up, and here come that rock slapping down like this, them green timbers. I seen the little crock haircut, little brown eyes set back. Every bone in his body was broken, and his foot run through his sock. It was that boy perfectly. And I said, Brother Moore, come here, you and Brother Lindsay. Look in the flyleaf of your Bible. I said, what's the matter? I said, read the flyleaf of your Bible. I asked everybody to write it in the flyleaf. And looked down there and said, a little boy. Being... He said, well, Brother Bram, that's a boy. I said, that's him. Oh, my. What a feeling. I don't care how many. You could take every scientist in the world and stand in there and every demon out of torment could be standing there. It's going to happen anyhow. Don't take faith in. God's already said it. It's going to be done. I said, if that little boy isn't on his feet in the next five minutes, I'm a false prophet. And we knelt down there and all of them got back. And the main man of the city, chief man, something equivalent to a mayor here in the, in the States, he was standing there. They backed over away. And I knelt down just the way the vision told me and prayed for the little lad and said, Lord God of heavens and earth, over in the homeland, you showed me this vision while passing through Georgia one night. I said, I pray to thee, Lord God that now that you'll confirm the word, that they might know that you're still the Lord Jesus, and that Finland might know that you're the resurrection of the dead. And laid my hands over on the little boy. According to the way he showed it, it has to be everything just the way the vision was. And I call for death to give his little life back. He jumped up again, screaming, running around. Hallelujah. So, right, that's all over Finland. I've got it at home by the mayor's signature and everything. It went out over radio. That night you couldn't even get into the place. For six or eight blocks, they had Finnish soldiers out there guarding the way. Now, I want to tell you something, friends. I'm not a politician. But they say there's no Christians in Russia. That's an era. There was those Russians. If you live in Russia, it would be 40 miles from where you was born. That you have to have a visa. Many of those fine Christians come over there. And when they were standing on the street, when them Finnish soldiers bring me down, they stood at attention with their Russian salute and the tears running down their cheeks. They said, I'll accept a God like that. <laughs> that's right. See, they're just tired of creeds and farms, that's all. Anybody that's, that's mentally balanced will receive a real, true, and living God that raises the dead. Certainly they will. And here not long ago, I was talking to Baron Blon Bumberg. Probably you know him. He's a good friend of mine. He had a little German prisoner with some overseas. And he got him out behind the Iron Curtain. He said, Brother Branham, I'm surprised that your meeting's no better known than it is here. He said, it's better known behind the Iron Curtain than it is on this side. From the resurrection of that little boy. He knew about it, that it happened. I remember, if we've got just a moment's time, it's a pretty night, so 
Let's just take a moment's time to finish this little up, if you will. I'd like to tell you about the other little boy. That night, something happened as it started into the Mesa Holly, they called it. They'd put 25,000 in, and then they'd make them go out and let another 25,000 come in. Just hear you speak. And so when I started in that night, I went into, uh, they're very poor, and just went through the room. Mr. Baxter, my manager, was singing at the platform, and they were trying to sing, Only Believe Them Laplanders. <laughs> my, you should have heard that. And so then, when I started up into the place, I went through, there's a room there, and the ladies' dormitory was on the side, and restroom. And when I, I, these four little soldiers, poor little fellows, and Russians had killed them off till they, the boys never shaved in their life. Just little slick face, pitiful looking sight. Same little boys, not over 14, 15 years old. Big old long coats, big boots beating along there. And they had their little rifles and they was keeping the crowd from me out, making them clear the way as we went down for six city blocks trying to get in. And then when we got in there and started through, well, coming out of the dormitory, there was a, a little girl stepped out and they had orders if they see me on the street not to say one word, everything like that, you know, so he'd get out because I was about to die. Was just imagine what a service that would be. And I'd get, if they'd all go in the afternoon service, I'd get some of that old money they had, go out there and buy a lot of candy, and I'd have a string of kids from here back out to the gate. I just love children anyhow. And so that night going in, a little Finnish girl stepped out, her little ragged hair, and she had a little skirt on and, and it, little rags hanging down from it. And she had a two crutches under her arm and she had a great big brace wrapped around her like this and buckled in the back and she had one leg was a little shorter than the other and this right leg didn't have any use of it couldn't use it and she had right in the toe of a shoe she had a strap and a snap so the snap come up in a piece of leather went over her back and hooked over into this big brace back here she had two crutches and then these braces come up and braced this leg and made it strong then when she'd start to walk, she'd raise her little shoulder up like that and raise that little leg up and set it out like that with this strap and pull it up. There's no leader control of it. And set it out. Then she could walk. Her other leg was all right. She'd set her little crutches out like that. And then she'd walk. And when she stepped out and threw her little crutches out, she looked at me. She bowed her little head. She thought she'd done something wrong. And I looked at that poor little fella. I, I know she wanted to come to me. I looked at her and I stopped. The other two soldiers walked on. They turned around. These other two, they couldn't, they couldn't speak a word of English, and I couldn't speak any Finnish. So they're trying to make me go on, and I just stood there. And I kept motioning not to do it. I looked at that child. No one in there but just, just the, two, the four soldiers, myself and the little girl. And she looked at me. She thought she'd done something wrong. I said, you want to see me, honey? And she, she didn't, of course, couldn't know what I was talking about. And I motioned to her like that. And I watched that little fella. And she'd come over, and she put her little crutch out in her little shoulder, and she moved over till she got right up close to me, and I just stood and looked at her, see what she'd do. And she got right up close to me, and she reached down, took a hold of my coat, and picked up my pocket and kissed me on the pocket. Dropped her little, my coat down, and the little, the word thank you is kitas. And she stretched her little uh, crutches out and took her little skirt and pulled it out like that, and she said, kitas. And she looked up, her little lips are quivering, the tears running down her little cheeks. I come to find out she's a little war orphan. Her mother and father had been killed in the war, and, and they just, she's just tossed about wherever she could. I looked, I thought, God, if I was the biggest hypocrite in the world, you, you'd honor that child, see, from her, from her faith. 
And she kissed me on the pocket and then thanked me, pulled her little skirt out like that and said, Keith, they tried to peg away. And I put my hand on her. I looked as I did. I seen a little girl going walking like a shadow with no braces at all on. Going walking along like it. I said, sweetheart, look, look. Oh, if I could only tell you. I said, honey, you're, you're healed. Oh, my. I said, and about that time, Brother Baxter burst through the door and said, Brother Branham, you're late. Come on. And he grabbed me by the shoulder and in I went. So I started on through the service and got about, oh, I guess about uh, almost through till my brother and them run up and began to pat me on the side. I know that. I'd go kind of semi-conscious when them visions are on. And it would reach out there in them audiences and tell those people their name, like a running water, his name was. And they'd have to interpret to tell it what it was and tell them where they lived and what their name was and all about it. I tell you, them people would just throw down crutches and canes and get up off of cots and go heal. That was all. They were just, just carried away. And then when you didn't have to lay hands on them, you didn't have to say a thing. Just let them know that God was there and that was all, all necessary for them folks. So then when I looked around, I said, Howard kept telling me, my brother said, let's go. And he was going to put my arm up around his neck. And I said, I just wish we could just stay just a little bit longer. And so when he said, all right. And so the next one, they helped up by God's sovereign grace. It was that little girl. And here she come across to me. And she was smiling with these little crutches. And I said to the interpreter there, Mrs. Isaacson, and she may be sitting in this meeting for all I know. So I said, Miss Isaacson, just say what I say. I said, sweetheart, you're the little girl that was out there that caught a hold of my coat. And she nodded her little head. I said, Jesus made you well, sweetheart. I said, now you go over there and let some of the man take the braces off you. And as you go take the braces off, let your little hands go down just as much as your little leg is short. Then come back and show Brother Branham. I called next. It reminded me of the little girl sitting here last night when I seen that little child. I seen the father take the brace off of it as soon as it got before me like that. Then last night when the Spirit of God struck me, I seen the little child going walking away. I know it's going to be all right. And so it went right on away whole. So that's, uh, and then that little, um, little fellow, when she went over there, I called someone else. In a few moments here, she come across the platform with braces, crutches, and all over her head, running and screaming to the top of her voice. Now her picture and address, I think there were things in her book out there. Then... When I went in that night, there'd been that other little lady, this little boy was mashed up. He'd never come to. He was in what they call the hospital, just a house like there. Had one doctor and three or four ladies in there that taking care for nurses. And uh, oh, it was a pitiful sight. And they, the little lady, when I go in, they'd have to pull me over at the hotel. Come heal my little boy. Well, we told her that is against rules for me to leave the campaign and go to one because one's just as dear to one as the other. So we couldn't get her to understand. And finally, um, uh, that day she'd been over there and um, he wanted me to go over. And I told him, I said, bring her up and let me talk to her. So her and her husband come up, just young folks, about 25 years old. And she said, well, go over and heal my little boy. Now, Sue, an interpreter, and I said, well, I didn't heal that little boy. I said, over in the homelands, God showed me a vision about the little boy. She is a sweet little woman. She said, go see vision for my little boy. I thought, well, that's awful nice, but I, I, I can't do that. I, I have no way of seeing vision. It's what God shows. It's the sovereignty of God. It isn't me. So I said, are you a Christian? No. Is your husband a Christian? No. Well, I said, then if you want to find favor with me, you do something for me. I said, that's the way with God. Now, if your little boy dies, goes to heaven, I said, then if you die a sinner, you'll never see him no more. 
And if you're a Christian and he dies and go to heaven, then you go to heaven, you'll be with him where we never had no more accidents. And I said, then in doing that, she might find favor with God. Well, she couldn't lose on either side. So she, they got down and gave their hearts to Christ. Now, not just to make on, they really got up. Of course, the father, he got up crying. He was ready to go on out home, you know. So the little mother said, now go see vision for my baby. So I said, well, I wish I could, but you go on. She said, go out to the hospital. No. I said, you go on home if the Lord shows me anything. I'll do. I'll come tell you. So about every 15 minutes, she called up, Brother Bram seen vision yet? <laughs> Brother Bram seen vision yet? So, um, of course, as a mother for her baby. And then along about that night after I got in from the meeting, that little girl had been healed and many more. I stand up as about 11.30 or 12 o'clock. You could read a newspaper on the street set far up in the Laplands. It doesn't get just, it's just one day a year, one day and one night. You see, six months is dark and six months the sun's up and six months is down. Now I had this Bible. I had it over my heart. And when I come in, my brother Howard said, now if there's any Canadians here, I don't want this to take offense at this, brother. But we was in Canada one time, and we got some candy, and oh my, it was bad. <laughs> they just didn't have the ingredients to put in it like here in America. So Howard gave me a couple pieces of candy. My brother said, you talk about that Finnish ca- that uh, Canadian candy, taste that once. So I went in, went to my room, and Brother Moore and Brother Lindsay went together, and Howard and Brother Baxter and all of them went to the rooms, but I stayed by myself all the time on account of the visions. So I went into the room, and I just laid the ta- on the table a piece of candy down, stood around like this. I was looking out towards the east, and I said, Great Jehovah God, seeing those little fins coming through that park of screaming and praising God. And I said, Great Jehovah, someday you'll come. Oh, how marvelous it'll be when you come. And praising him, I heard something go click, sat down like that. And there was a, a little long glass set down in front of me. And it had two, I, I think they're called Jonaquils or Easter flowers to me. It looked like one of these old phonograph horns, uh, you know. And two of them were sitting there, and one of them was laying that way, and one was laying this way. The one laying that way is laying all the way flat. And this one is going down like that. And I thought, well, where did that come from? And looked over to my right-hand side. There he stood. That big fella, dark hair to his shoulder, had his arms folded. The one that always speaks to me, the one that does the talking right here, the light over him. He was standing there. And he said, what did your brother give you? And I said, those pieces of candy, sir. He said, eat them. And I picked it up. I put one piece, one piece in my mouth, and I swallowed it. Now, don't ask me what it means. I couldn't tell you. When I swallowed that, that Easter flower that was laying that way went, whoosh, raised right up like that. He said, now eat the other one. And I started to eat it, and oh, it was horrible. I took it out of my mouth, and this other flower went, going down. said, failed to eat it, and the other boy will die. And I happened to think then that geographically, just the way those boys was laying when, they got hit, when they, we found them. Land, one land to the south and one to the north. And I put it in my mouth and kind of, you know how you hold your taste or your breath? I, can, I chewed real quick and swallowed it. And when I swallowed it, this Easter flower on this side went, stood right up like that. Said, go tell the mother, thus saith the Lord, her prayers is heard. My, after I got to myself from the numbness, I run out in the place they thought they had the Salvation Army up there. I let out a scream and the windows, the doors coming open, everybody run out. I said, come here, Sister Isaacson, all of you and Brother Moore. I told the vision to him. I said, go get on the phone and tell that little woman. And I said, thus saith the Lord. Don't you worry. That baby will come too. It'll be all right. So she called the home and uh, they had a little tiny baby. And it was the babysitter was watching it. And they said they'd been called to the hospital. The boy was dying. 
So uh, they called up the hospital, and the mother come to the phone just screaming to the top of her voice. Miss I said, now, don't worry. that he's going to get all right. So he said, well, we come up here to see him. They thought he was dying. He just raised up here. Now we're washing his face to take him home. He's all right. My. Oh, I tell you, our Lord is God. That's all. He's God of the heavens. He's God of the earth. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He does all things well. Now, did I have anything to do with the healing of those boys? Not one thing did I have to do. It was God that did the healing. I only did what he told me to do. The Lord bless you. Always remember, friends, if you never think of anything else that I've said to you, remember that I believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not dead, but he's alive. Read just a little scripture now and speak to you for the next 10 or 15 minutes. If you bear that long, we'll start, put a good long prayer line out, start praying for the sick, the Lord willing. Now, over in St. John, the 11th chapter, and we want to read just a portion of his word. Let's begin at the, the 18th verse. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about three furlongs off. And many of the Jews that came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. Listen to this now. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said unto him, Yea, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word now, as we speak from the word just a few moments. And we'll pray for the handkerchiefs and start praying for the sick. How many likes the word? Everybody, oh, I know you do. Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. Nothing like it. It's the seed. It's the seed to ever hope. And if you know, here's another thing, always remember that I made this statement, that the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God in this Bible will bring it to pass. If you look at it right and believe it, it'll come to pass. Now, in our text tonight, uh, we find a very sad scene breaking up into a great glorious victory because of the presence of the Lord Jesus. Now, we are taught by history, that Jesus, after uh, he had left his own home and come up to live with his friend Lazarus, and as a little fiction book of the Prince of the House of David, if some of you ministers, perhaps nearly all ministers have read that, and um, it's fiction, it's Ingram's book, and he said that when he come up to, to stay with Lazarus, because at his... Uh, Foster father, Joseph, had deceased, and he come to live with uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And Lazarus was learning to be a scribe at the temple, and Martha and Mary was needleworkers that made tapestries and things for the temple. And then 
His ministry got so popular that he was just one away from the home. And any time when he goes away from home, then trouble sets in. And you just remember this, friends, you Christians. Any time that Jesus leaves your home, look out for trouble. It's on its road to your house. And this case, Jesus didn't, he didn't leave because he had to, but his ministry forced him away. For our context tonight, let's back up just a little bit and get a text about Jesus. God always, before he does anything here on earth, he usually gives a warning before he does anything. I believe that this great revival of sweeping the lands today, though we have many things that we like to comb out of it, fanaticism and things rises up in the midst of it, but in the midst of all of it, it's a warning to the world that judgment's ready to strike the world at any time. God making his last call just before the coming. Remember, if you spurn mercy, there's nothing left but judgment. That's all that you can... If you trespass and step over the boundary line of mercy, there's nothing left but judgment. So God, before he does anything here on earth, he always sends a warning. Now, before Jesus was born, he sent a warning. And he's always another thing to keep in mind. No matter how formal and indifferent the world gets, God has never left himself without a witness on earth. He's always had somebody he could put his hand on and say, this is my servant. And in this day, before the coming of the Lord, the church had got away about like it has in the day, this, under the Roman government, and the old-fashioned types had just about cleared out. But they had somebody who kept the faith, and that man's name was Zachariah. And he had a wife named Elizabeth. And they were righteous men and woman. They lived together godly. They served Lord with all their heart. Elizabeth was barren. Her husband, the priest at the temple, his duty was to burn incense while the people were praying. And uh, one day while he was down at the temple uh, burning incense while prayers were being made, a righteous man, notice, holy man, feared God, had his house in order, while he was making this offering there of incense, he looked over on the right-hand side of the altar, and there stood Gabriel, the archangel. Now, do you believe in the angels? Here not long ago, a man met me. He said, Brother Branham, I've tried to search your ministry, your teaching, but there's only one thing, and this is a full gospel, brother. He said, there's only one thing that you make a mistake in. He said, that is talking about an angel. He said, that's God. I said, he said, there's no angels of the New Testament. Angels was of the Old Testament. said, Daniel had angels and so forth that followed him and the old prophets and so forth. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit governs and leads the church. I said, you're correct. The Holy Spirit does. But still, we have angels which are ministering spirits sent from God. And he said, not in the New Testament, Brother Branham. And I said, yes. I said, how about the angel Gabriel with Mary? He said, that was before Pentecost. I said, then, you mean after Pentecost? He said, yes. I said, do you believe that Philip had the Holy Ghost? He said, sure. I said, who was it that called him away from that big revival down there and sent him out into the, the desert, Gaza, then? What was it? Was it the Holy Ghost or was it the angel of the Lord? It was the angel of the Lord. I said, who would doubt? 
But what that great St. Peter had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You believe that, don't you? And when he was in jail that night, he was going to behead him the next morning, and down at John Mark's house is having a prayer meeting. Who was he? Come in like a big pillar of light and shined in on him and loosened him up. Was it the Holy Ghost? No, sir. It was the angel of the Lord. Amen. That's right. Who would say it? St. Paul didn't have the Holy Ghost. And out there on that ship and it waterlogged, 14 days and nights, no moon or stars and all hopes that ever be saved was gone. And we went out in the gallery to pray. And when he come back out, said, be of a good courage for the angel of God, whose servant I am, stood by me last night saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God's give all these a sail with you to you. Say, wherefore, be of a good courage, for I believe God that'll be just as he told me. Amen. Paul had the Holy Ghost. And look, the whole book of Revelations was wrote, sent a message by an angel. I, Jesus, has sent my angel to signify these things which must shortly come to pass. Now, a true angel, you're going to throw back Joseph Smith and so forth to me. But watch, it don't work with the Scripture. A real true angel will come and vindicate this Scripture to the dot. Yes, sir. Notice that John fell down and wanted to worship that angel. And he said, See that you do it not, for I, them fellow, thy fellow servants and other prophets worship God. A true angel won't be worshipped. It's not worship of angels. It's a ministry of angels. It comes from God. Now these minor angels come. Perhaps this angel is with us or comes to your, your humble servant. It, that's probably a minor angel. But when Gabriel comes, brother, there's something really on the road. Something major going to happen. May Gabriel announce the first coming of the Lord Jesus and Gabriel will announce the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Amen. There, Zechariah looking and the great archangel standing there, Gabriel. And he, he saluted him. And said, so now, at the days of your ministration, that you found grace with God, you're going home and be with your wife, Elizabeth, and she's going to conceive and bear a son. Now, he said, these things can't be. I'm old. And he told him he'd be dumb until the day the baby was born. And they called his name John. See, no matter what man thinks, God's got a program and it's going to be fulfilled. No matter, God's able to stones, John said, to raise children unto Abraham. So, uh, you know how the story goes. The people wondered why he was so late. And after a while, he came out and he was dumb. And he motioned to him, beckoned to him to go away. And he went home and his wife conceived and hid herself for six months. At the same time, there was a little virgin living in the city of Nazareth, meanest city in the country, way worse than Macon. And uh, there she was living, no matter how bad the place is, you don't care how low the people is in your community, how wicked it is, yet you can live a Christian life. No excuse for it. There, out of all of the women in the world, God chose a little lady, a little virgin, living in the wickedest city there was in the land. Let's give a little drama here for the sake of the children, many of them looking and listening. I can see Mary as Oriental types. Maybe it's Monday morning. That's a bad time for, for the women. It's wash day, or it is at our house. Then I can see Mary go down to the virgin's fountain and get some water. She sets a pot up on her head as an Oriental custom or either on her shoulder. She comes walking back up along the side of the, the path, 
And all at once a great light comes in the path, and she looks into this light, and there stands the mighty archangel Gabriel. said, Hail Mary! Why excited the little virgin? It would excite you. I know how I felt the first time I seen the angel that speaks to me. Why, you, they say, won't you ask him his name? You, you don't ask nothing. You just listen. Then said, uh, Hail, blessed art thou among the women, for you found favor in the sight of God. Oh, my. What a salute. And he said, Now, behold, thy cousin, which was Elizabeth, a cousin to Mary. John and Jesus were second cousins. Said she's with child six months, which was called barren. But thou art going to have a child knowing no man. She said, how can these things be? He said, the Holy Ghost will overshadow thee. That holy thing which shall be born to thee shall be called the Son of God. Now I want you to watch the difference. There was an old preacher... Had plenty of examples. Sarah received a child when she was older than what his wife was. Hannah at the temple, praying in such a way that the priest thought she was drunk. Many of God's people are misunderstood. They're not crazy. They're just misunderstood. And she was praying for God to take away a reproach. Zechariah had that for an example. But he doubted. Look at that man. Served the Lord, a good man, but yet doubted the supernatural being a minister. But the little virgin, she never doubted one thing, and she had a lot more to believe than what he had to believe. There had never been a child born to virgin birth. But she said, Behold the hands made of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. What we need here in Macon and all the rest of the countries tonight is some more Marys. She didn't wait till she felt life. She didn't wait till she felt anything. She didn't wait till she was positive of it. She took God at His word and began to rejoice over it. That's the, that's the way. Don't wait till you say, well, if I, my hand straightens, I'll feel better. Look at those people here when laid hands on the other night. They just stayed there for a few minutes. Look at their hands. First thing you know, the Holy Spirit began to move and the old, old twisted up bones began to loosen up. And here they went across the platform and around rejoicing in the Lord. Amen. Don't think you have to feel something, see something. Take God at His word and start rejoicing. I can see her going around saying, Glory to God, I'm going to have a baby knowing no man. Why, they'd say the girl's crazy. But she took God at His word. She'd seen a vision. She knew it was the truth. That's what we need today. Somebody will take God at His word. On her road, she heard about this Elizabeth, her cousin, is going to have a baby. So she runs up in the hilly country of Judea to see her. It was a great honor then to have a baby. It's a disgrace nearly now. I'm not bawling people out. I don't preach any notes. I don't know what I'm going to say. Just, I just have to reach up and get it. And when it comes, I just have to say it. I, I, that's all I know to do. But today, it's a dishonor almost to see a big family anymore. Yes, sir, they'd rather pay $100 for a little snotty-nosed dog and pack it around and give it the love of a mother and practice birth control than to have children think that was something old, going and hang around to the bar rooms and drink and play cards and run around all afternoon in your husband's car. Why, it's a disgrace. That's right. The greatest honor a woman can do outside of coming to Christ and being loyal to her husband is to have a baby. Amen. You might be nursing a little preacher. How do you know? Hallelujah. 
I know that's old-fashioned cornbread type, but, brother, it'll stick to your ribs. It'll do when you're dying. It sure will. Then I can see her. she run up to salute her cousin. And now when she got up through the hilly part of Judea, she come up. Now, Elizabeth had hid herself six months as a mother, and the little baby had never moved. It was dead in its mother's womb. You know, that's subnormal. Six months, two or three months of life. But she'd hid herself and wouldn't show herself. And when she seen uh, the Virgin Mary coming, she run and threw her arms around her and hugged her and kissed her. I like to see women meet one another like that. I like to see man meet one another and greet one another. You know, they got today, the there is no fellowship among people. That's right. Man walk up and say, just a little bitty old cold handshake. I like that great big old pump handle type. Get around here like that. Got a feeling in it. That's right. I like the old-fashioned way. Here not long ago, I was down here in Florida in a meeting, and there was some kind of a duchess or something there. I guess you called it something kind of a woman, duchess, or she'd let them have a piece of ground out there. And back in behind the tent, Dr. Bosworth said, said, Brother Branham, the duchess wants to see you back there. I said, the who? He said, the duchess. I said, well, who's she? He said, well, she's the great woman here. I said, there's a lot of sick people out there, too. I said, she's no more than those sick people. If we go to see anybody, let me see some of the sick out there. And he said, well, he said, you see, he said, she's a great woman. Well, he had her, the manager and them had her standing right in the road. And when I got back there, I'm not making no remark of this woman. I don't mean to. But just to see what I mean. A great big woman standing there with a, enough jewel on her to send 50 missionaries overseas. Great big fat hand. She had a pair of glasses on, sticking out like this on a stick. And when she come out like that, she looked over this stick and she said, Are you Dr. Branham? I said, No, ma'am. <laughs> and she said, Well, Dr. Branham, she said, I'm charmed to meet you. Did you raise your hands up like that? Just putting on the dog, that's all. Held her big old fat hand up like that. She said, I'm charmed to meet you. I got all over hand. And I said, well, get it down here so I'll know you want to see you again. I don't like that old put on, trying to be something when you're nothing. After all, what are you? If you're a duchess or whatever you are, you're six foot of dirt. You're not born again in the Spirit of God. You're hell bound as much as a Martin is to his box. No matter who you are. You're the president or king or whoever you may be. We're all six foot of dust. You're going right back there, putting on a lot of stuff when you're nothing. That's right. Clothes look like she'd been poured into them and not enough to go in an aspirin box or what a shotgun. Stand there and look like that, like she was somebody. That don't mean anything. Just a little old title here on earth. you got to lay down and leave it every bit. Yes, sir, duchess. Put on something like that. People don't even know used to be a long time ago. We'd go out and if the neighbor when we was on the farm and, and somebody got sick, we'd go over and cut the corn and... Cut the wood and bring it in, and nowadays, why, you don't even know your neighbor's dead unless you read in the paper. There's something wrong. Brotherly love has ceased. It's awful. Here the day, I went out in town with my wife, and there's some lady said, how did you do, Sister Branham? I looked over to media. I said, well, you didn't speak to that woman. She said, yes, I did. And I said, well, I didn't hear you. She said, I smiled. I said, oh, a little old silly grin. I said, that's not speaking to anybody. Get out on the street and shake her hand. Say, hello, sister, I'm glad to meet you. Amen. Brother, that's, well, get back to the old-fashioned hewing line again where men are, Christians are Christians and men and women live like they ought to. Amen. Amen. I can see Martha 
and run out there. I mean, or, or, I beg your pardon. I mean, Elizabeth ran out to meet Mary and throw her arms around her and said, Darling, I'm so glad to see you. Ma, I said, I'm so happy I haven't seen you in such a long time. And I can hear Mary say, Well, now, Elizabeth, I'm so happy to see you, honey. And I've been thinking so much about you. And I see you're to be mother. She said, Yes, I, I'm to be mother. That is right, Mary. Said, oh, I've had pleasure with my Lord. Said, and I'm going to have a baby. But said, Mary, I'm worried. The little fella is six months and he has never moved yet. Uh, the little baby's dead. Well, you know, Mary said, you know how I knew it? I was coming back from the pump one day down there and I met the archangel Gabriel, the same one that met, uh, met your husband. And he told me I was going to have a baby knowing no man. And said I was to call his name Jesus. And just the first time that that name Jesus was ever spoke by human lips, that little dead baby leaped for joy in the wombs of the mother like that. Began, and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And she said, Whence cometh the mother of my Lord? For as soon as your salutation come into my ears, why my baby leaped in my womb for joy. And if that name Jesus could make a baby dead in a mother's womb leap for joy the first time it was spoke by human lips, what ought to do to a born-again Christian or a man or woman who believes and serves him? Amen. Leaped in her womb for joy. Then the Holy Ghost come upon Elizabeth and she began to prophesy. Oh, that's the old-fashioned religion. That's the way it works in the supernatural realm. What kind of a baby was this to be? Well, little old John was born. Well, he never went over to some seminary and got a B.A. degree. But he went out in the wilderness. He taught about the age of nine and stayed out there with God. That's the way to get a degree. <laughs> out with the Lord. And he was out there until he was 30 years old. And in them days, John the Baptist came from the wilderness of Judea pre preaching, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he stirred all the regions around about Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Great throngs of people come out. My, we wonder, that's the kind of Baptist we need today, my Baptist brethren. We need a Baptist like that. Why, while old Herod come up and I hear somebody say, Now, don't you preach on marriage and divorce tonight? Could you imagine a man full of the Holy Ghost holding back anything? Walked right up in his face and said, It's not lawful for you to have her. Yes, sir, brother. He had the Holy Ghost, and he was preaching the Holy Ghost. And all the regions around were stirred. Listen, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, though in its simplicity, it's the most powerful message that was ever preached. Or ever said. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there he stirred the regions around about. Then Lazarus come down with Jesus. And when he was disputing there... John on one side of the river and a priest on the other side saying, you mean there's coming a time? He said, there'll be a time when the daily sacrifice will be taken away. A man will die for the sins of the people. And they said, oh, Rabbi, you don't know what you're talking about. John. John said, there's... And he looked around and he said, behold, there comes the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Behold means to esteem or look up to. He said, Oh, there the high knew him. Said, He that told me in the wilderness, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remain, he's the one that will baptize with the Holy Ghost. There was a sign followed the Messiah. There's a sign still follows the Messiah of the Messiah people. 
Signs and wonders, Jesus said, would follow him to the end of the world. He'd be with them even in them to the end of the world. Said, there comes the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Lazarus about fainted, I suppose. Jesus, after he's baptized, went into the wilderness and was there for 40 days, tempted of the devil. And when he come out of the wilderness, I looked at that watch and that's ruined me now. <laughs> Getting so late. Just a minute now before we close. Look, when he come out of the wilderness, he come out preaching, doing signs and wonders. His ministry got so great that he was sent away from the home. Or I believe God gave him a vision to go away. It proved that God gave him a vision. When Lazarus got sick, he went away. They sent for him, he kept on going. They sent for him again, he kept on going. If your pastor knew that, you'd never go back to that church again. That's the reason the pastor can't do them for you. You've got to believe him to be a man of God. So when he went on and on, after a while he knew that the Father's time had come, that he'd fulfilled the vision, he said, Lazarus, dead. And I, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. So he come back. And then Lazarus tucked sick. They were taught this kind of a, I don't know whether it's the truth or not, that he died with hemorrhages. Perhaps the doctor come in, done all they could do. They sent for Jesus. He didn't come. And they let the man, he went on and died. The dark hour. Took the fellow out and bombed his body and put him in the cave down the ground, laid a rock, which is an oriental type of burial. And then when he laid in there, the first day passed, the second day, third, fourth day, then skin worms are crawling in. The human body, the first thing sinks in is the nose. And after a while, they begin to uh, decay and rot, and the skin worms and bugs and things crawls in, eats the human body up. Four days, done stinking. After 72 hours, corruption sets in it. Then... All hope is gone. There was Martha and Mary had left their church, give up all they had. There their brother was dead. The man that had confidence in being the great man who went around and did miracles, he had left him and gone away. Wouldn't come when they sent to pray for his brother. The darkest hour that little family had ever seen. And usually about the darkest hour, that's when Jesus comes around. The darkest hour that I ever seen when a doctor told me I had three more minutes to live. Then Jesus come along. <laughs> yeah. Darkest hour maybe you ever seen. Then Jesus comes along. This may be your darkest hour, sitting here in these wheelchairs, the ending of the meeting. The hopes that you had of being healed after seeing these other cripples and things walk away. Maybe you think, wonder if there's any hope for me. Darkest hour. But don't worry. He'll be here. Just keep, just keep faith in him. He'll be along. He never fails. He comes right along. Somebody come and said, Jesus is coming to the city. My, I can imagine those critics saying, now where'd that holy roller go? See, when his friend got sick, well, away he goes. So he isn't here no more now. But when he said, here he comes slipping back into the city now, as the boy's done dead and buried, here he comes back into the city. But little Martha had been kind of dilatory about many things, but she had a faith that wouldn't move. When she seen Jesus, noted he was coming, she run right out down through the critics and went right on down to where he was. Now, it looks like she had a right to upbraid him because it, it she had uh, she scolded him and said, Why didn't you come to my brother? We left our church. We give up our religion. We don't ever think to you. If she had met him in that, that condition, that miracle would have never took place. It's, your, it's the way you approach a gift of God. That determines what you're going to have out of it. See? The way you approach it. But Martha, when she come to him, she fell down at his feet. She said, Lord, that's exactly what he was. She gave him his right title. Now watch faith go to work. I believe Mary, uh, Martha had read the story about the Shunammite woman, how that when her baby died, 
And she knew that God was in Elijah. Elijah was God's man of the hour for the nation. And she knew that God was in Elijah. So she had that servant to saddle a mule and drive forward till she got to Elijah to find out why her baby was dead. And you know the story how Elijah come and raised the baby up far to life. Well, Martha perhaps thought, well, if God was in Elijah the prophet, surely he's in his son. Amen. Well, she said, now, if I can only get to him, I can find the reason. So she went to him with reverence, no matter what he done, what a mistake it looked like. She went to him with reverence and fell down before him and said, Lord, that's what he claimed to be, the Lord. Said, Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. She hadn't lost confidence. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, though he's dead, the skin worms has eaten him up. But even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to thee. I like that. Maybe you've seen through every hospital in the city. Maybe every doctor turns you down. But even now, Lord, whatever you ask God, God will give it to thee. Maybe they say you'll never rise from that wheelchair, but even now, Lord, not in the morning, not after a while, but even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it. He's sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high, making intercessions upon our confession. He said, when you pray, believe that you get what you ask for, and it shall be given unto you. Even now, Lord. Whatever you ask God, God will give it thee. My, that stirred his heart. He looked up at her and said, My brother shall rise again. Amen. She said, Yes, Lord. I believe that he'll rise again. He was a good boy. They believed in the general resurrection of those Jews. I know he'll raise again in the resurrection of the last days. Listen at him. He wasn't very much to look up to his little old scrawny looking fella. No beauty that we should desire him. I see him pull his little shoulders up. Said, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said, Yea, Lord. I believe that you are the Son of God that was to come into the world. Something's got to happen. Brother, them calls are moving together. There's faith met the... Met his course there, right in that man. There's a resource. The God of heaven standing there, unveiled in flesh. There's that woman standing there with perfect faith in him, and the wheels are moving together. I know that whatever you ask God, God will give it. He said, "I'm the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die." You believe us now? This, she said, "Yea, Lord." I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, that you confess to me that was to come into this world. He said, where have you, lady? Amen. Brother, something's got to take place when a believer gets in contact with his maker. Something takes place. Amen. Something's got to take place. There he goes to the grave. He started weeping as he went out. All due respect to this, a woman has talked to me some time ago. She said, Reverend Branham, you brag too much about Jesus. Now, she was a Christian sign. And they don't believe it, the blood of Jesus Christ. They just accepted him to be a prophet, not divine. And I said, I believe he was divine. She said, oh, you brag too much on him. I said, how could I brag too much on him? I said, you make him divine. You make him God. I said, he was God. Amen. God was manifested in the flesh. He was Emmanuel. I said, he is either almighty God unveiled in a body called his son, the Lord Jesus, or is the biggest deceiver the world ever had. I said, he was God. 
She said, no, 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 he wasn't divine. I said, he was divine. She said, I'll prove to you by the scriptures that he wasn't divine. I said, if you can do it by the scriptures, I'll believe you. And she said, I'll tell you why he's not divine. said, in the 11th chapter of St. John, when he went down to the grave of Lazarus, he wept and said, a divine person cannot weep. That he cannot. He was not divine. He was weeping when he went to the grave of Lazarus. What about that? I said, woman, your argument is thinner than the broth made out of a shadow of a chicken to starve to death. I said, you ain't got no leg to stand on there. I said, he did weep. I'll admit that. He wept when he went to the grave. But when he straightened his little body up there and said, Lazarus, come forth. And a man had been dead for four days and night. Come to life again. Corruption to its master. And the moral being... A soul that had been four days journey out come where knew its master and returned back and a man stood on his feet and lived again. Amen. He was a man when he was crying, but he was God when he raised the dead. Amen. God was in his son. Reconciled the world to himself. Yes, sir. He was a man when he come off the mountain that night hungry. He didn't have nothing to eat. He went out on that fig tree looking around for something to eat. He was a man when he was hungry. But when he took five biscuits and two fishes and fed 5,000, that was God speaking out of his tongue. Amen. He was more than a man then. That's true. He was a man when he has been healing all day and the virtue going out of him, preaching and praying for the sick. He's laying out in a little old boat that night and 10,000 devils of the sea swore they had drowned him. And that little old boat out there in that storm tossed around like a bottle stopper. He was a man laying in the back of the boat asleep. So tired and weary to the, even the winds didn't wake him with the waves. The oars just broke the mast pole, pal. The sails is gone, and he is still asleep. He was a man when he was sleeping. But when he walked up there and put his foot upon the braille of the boat, looked up and said, Peace, be still. That was more than a man speaking there. That was God speaking to his son. He was the divine son of God. Amen. He was a man on Calvary when he cried for mercy. That's right. He was the man when he cried, My God, why has thou forsaken me? But when he rose up on Easter morning, breaking this tomb seals, and hell and death was destroyed, he proved that he was the Son of God. Amen. Believe us thou this? Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. Someday he's coming, oh glorious day. Amen. Yes, sir. He was the same one that was with the Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. Believe us now this? I believe that same Jesus that raised Lazarus is sure tonight. Believe us now this? I believe that same Jesus that rose up from the dead is right here now. Believe us now this? I believe that the same one was with Daniel and the lion's den is sure tonight. Believe us now this? I believe the one that touched the woman, the woman touched the hem of his garment and healed her is sure tonight. Believe us now this? I believe it. he said, these signs shall follow them and believe if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Believe us now this? I believe he said, if you abide in me and my words and you ask what you will, it will be given to you. Believe us now this? Amen. I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, his everlasting peace, the same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost. He's here tonight. Believe us now this? I believe he's the one that's been with us this week to make the paralyzed, to walk, the deaf, to hear, the blind, to see, healing the sick and the afflicted, showing signs and wonders. He is the resurrected Christ. Believe us now this. I believe he'll always be the same Christ. I believe he's here tonight to heal the sick, to save the lost, and to take us to heaven someday. Do you believe us now this? Hallelujah. Sure. 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thy beloved Son, Lord, we bleed this old story with all that is within us. Our hearts, souls, and body believe this story, that you are the Son of God, the resurrected one. Ages may roll on. Skeptics may rise. Demons may fight. They may possess people. But yet you'll remain God to the ceaseless ages. You'll always be God. Now I pray, God, that you'll save every lost person here tonight. Heal all the sick that's here tonight. Call back the backsliders, Lord, to the church of the living God. Grant it, Lord, for the glory of God we ask today in Christ's name with our heads bowed. I wonder in this vast audience just now, before we start the prayer line, is there any sinner here that's seen the great works of God this week that's here tonight and outside of God? My Christian friends, pray like you never prayed before. And if you're here tonight, sinner, would you raise your hand to the Almighty God and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. Everywhere, that's right. Raise your hands everywhere. Just scores of people raising their hands all around. Think of old blind Fanny Crosby. She said, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Thou, the stream of all my comfort, more than life to me. Whom have I on earth beside thee? Whom in heaven but thee? Every man or woman that ever mounted to a hill of beans in this world was men and women who trusted God and believed that Jesus was the Son of God. They believed this old gospel story. I can see Eddie Pruitt there when he was a persecuted man. He couldn't sell his music to nobody. Nobody wanted him one day in his office after being persecuted and run back. He picked up the pen and the Holy Ghost grabbed his pen and he wrote the inauguration song of the second coming of Jesus. When he said, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate, fall, bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. Brother wrote, Oh my, what we've seen great poets and authors and prophets and ministers through the age. May God have mercy. Somebody here without the Holy Ghost tonight, just living a halfway life, and would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, would you raise your hand, not to your brother, but to your maker? Say, Remember me, God. Be merciful. Remember there's a recording angel taking every hand down. He knows just exactly who you are. No matter whether I see your neighbor sees you, we're not asking for your neighbor to see. I'm asking for you to look to God, the Lamb of God, that take away the sins of the world. Our Heavenly Father, thou dost see the hands up. And Lord, at the close of this healing service, may every one of them come forward, Lord. Stand around an old-fashioned altar here and pray. Many of them boys and girls out there that's raised their hand, maybe an old mother dad's done gone on years ago. Their prayers are still on the altar of God and the angels of God are gathered tonight here to answer that mother's prayer. God grant that they'll receive Jesus tonight as Savior. If there's a lukewarm church member here, Lord, that only goes to church not knowing what it means to be born again, never receive the Holy Spirit. As Paul said to the ones up in Acts, the 19th chapter said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? God grant tonight that the Holy Spirit will pour upon them and they'll go back to their church a fire for God. Grant it, Lord. Cause an old-fashioned revival to break from this, Lord, in every church through the country. We know you're coming soon. Tomorrow, Lord, on a road way over across the seas, the stormy weathers, down into the places for thou hast commended us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Oh, merciful God, send your grace to these tonight. There are many sitting here that we'll never see again after tonight. 
audience of this many people, thousands gathered in here, some of them old and just about ready to cross the line. Then, Lord God, I know, according to nature, there's many here that will never see me no more, and I'll never see them no more until we meet at the seat of Christ. Oh, God, I want to leave this testimony that I've told the truth, and I'll give them an invitation to come to Thee. And Father, everyone save them, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my. After an old-fashioned altar call like that, it just makes you feel like you're just all clean, scoured out, doesn't it? How wonderful. How marvelous. What a time to remember from the revival to come to remember this type of meeting that you got saved when there was one of these meetings going on. An old-fashioned Holy Ghost God-sent meeting where people are being saved. May He bless every one of you. Now when the healing service is over, won't you come up when the minister makes a call here? Come up here and stand and pray just a little while, friends. As I said in prayer a few minutes ago, this is our last time meeting, many of you. I'll never see you no more now. I won't see many of you no more until we meet at the feet of Jesus. Then I've got to give an account for what's going on here this week for the gospel that I preach. When you see standing there by the grace of God, I still believe the same old story that I started off with. Jesus saves from sin and heals the sick. Amen. Oh, it's my life. It's, it's me. It's all I am. All I could be, all I can think of. You're not going to go, my little boy. We went out into a little place where it was over at Wood River, Illinois, just before we went overseas to India, where we had our largest congregation of 500,000 people. And then when we were at Wood River, the place was packed full of people, and we went out in a little place and after service and said, Now, Daddy, you got to eat a little bit tonight because you're getting weak. And I went into a place to eat, and there's some school kiddies in there. You know how they are. They're playing them little old, what you call Nickelodeons or... Ever what little, I can't hardly eat in a restaurant where them things are at. Squeaking, carrying on. And it, it, but kids, you know, they drop some kind of a, a coin in there and they're playing some kind of little song. And I was sitting there and, and Billy said, Daddy, ain't that a pretty song? I said, what song? I didn't even know it was playing. And he said, you know, Daddy, said you just read so much and pray so much. The, everything you can think of is Jesus Christ. I said, thank you, son. That's the best compliment I've ever had. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. I said, that's right. That's all I want on my heart, on my heart, in my mind, all day long and night, meditate upon his precepts and on his love. Now, just before we start praying for the sick, I do not say that Jesus will do this tonight. I can't say because I do not know. But I want to say to this mixed audience tonight, well, if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, rose from the dead, the Bible said that, the, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a scripture. If he is the same, he's got to prove that to be the same. If he manifested himself to the people in the days yesterday, he's got to manifest himself in the people today. And he promised it in his, in his word. The only thing, you're just afraid to step out and take God at his word, that's all. Don't you be afraid. You stand right there, no matter how dark it looks, you see if Jesus don't come to you. I've never seen him fail. He'll do it. But you've got to stay right there. You've got to, you ain't got to just hope so. You've got to really take his word for it and believe it with all your heart. Now, when he was here on earth, he did not claim to be a healer, friend. He did not claim that. He claimed very vice versa. Now, I know strangers perhaps here tonight, you might go away and say, Brother Branham, the divine healer. Now, that's an error. I am not a divine healer, and there's no other man on this earth a divine healer. That's contrary to the Scripture. The Scripture don't allow any of us to be divine healers, not even Christ himself. 
Christ said, It's not me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. He passed by great multitudes of people, St. John 5, crippled, lame, blind, halt, and withered. He went right through that pool after a woman stood out in the crowd and touched his garment. He turned around, looked over in the crowd and said, I felt virtue go out of me. Looked out in the crowd and said, You, your faith has made you whole. The blush issue had stopped. See? Now that was Jesus Christ of yesterday. That's Jesus today. And he went through that bunch of people which is crippled and blind and halt and withered. Went right to him and found a man laying on a pallet. And he said, Will thou be made whole? Watch. Jesus said he knew he had been there and knew he had been in that condition for so many years. When they found him packing his bed, they got Jesus and questioned him. Sure he'd be questioned. He'd be questioned making the night. Here not long ago, a woman that stays with us down there, Sister Woods, I believe it was, said that um, someone went out here and went into a store and asked the people who they come and to the meeting. The fellow said, I don't believe no such nonsense, that if the man could do that, why don't he go out here to the hospital and raise all the sick? See? Now, I just go to show that it's a mental deficiency. That's all. While the man even knows the Bible, Jesus Christ didn't even do that. He didn't claim to do that. He passed right by and worse in the hospital. About four or five thousand people lay at the pool of Bethesda, just crippled and lame and halt and blind and walked right through and never healed a one of them. Walked out there to a little man laying on a pallet and knew he was laying there and made him well and walked away. And the Jews questioned him. Now listen to what he said. He said, St. John 5, 19. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that word verily means absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. The Father shows me what to do, and I go do it. The Father worketh, and I worketh the other two. See, I don't do nothing in myself. I do just as he tells me to do. Now, that is the Word of God. How many has ever read that say, Amen? St. John 5, 19. Then, Jesus, when he was here on earth, he could perceive the thoughts of the people. He, he done just the Father to show him a vision, he'd go do it, just as the Father told him, but didn't do nothing except the Father told him. He can't lie, he was God. He said, I'll do nothing except the Father shows me. Now, look, he went to a woman at the well. He found her, talked to her for a while, and then he found out what her trouble was, told her right where her trouble was, and she looked at him and she said, now, wait a minute. I, uh, thou must be a prophet. said, I know that Messiah, when he comes, he'll do these things. But who are you? He said, I'm he that speaks to you. That was the sign of the Messiah. When Philip come to him and got saved and went over and found Nathaniel, brought him back. And he come up in the congregation. Jesus looked over to him and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there's no guile. He said, When did you know me, Rabbi? He said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. He said, Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Now look, when Jesus left the earth, here's what he said. These things that I do shall you do also. Even more than this shall you do greater, which really is more. He couldn't do anything greater, but you could do more of it. More than this shall you do, for I go unto my Father. He said a little while, and the world, that's the unbeliever, will see me no more. That will be finished for the world when I leave here in this physical form. I'll be gone, and that's all they'll ever see me. But yet ye... Ye shall see me. And watch what he promised. He said, I'll be with you even to the end of the world. Now, who is the ye? Who's the unbeliever? There's unbelievers in every generation. And there's ye's in every generation. Yet ye shall see me. He promised to return into his church and do the same things that he did when he was here on earth. And the Bible said that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And hasn't he done all things well this week, has he? The blind seen, the cripples walked, the spastics raised up, sin has been rebuked, the visions has come, everything has been said has been perfect, just exactly. Is that right? Sinners have been saved, people receive the Holy Spirit, been born again, bore witness of the Spirit. Signs and wonders have happened everywhere. What is it? It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Not with this brother Branham, with his church everywhere. You're just as much into it and more into it than I am. This just happens to be a gift. That don't mean it makes me any more than you. Probably not as much. See? The resurrection will come tonight. You old-timers that fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas would go before me. And you deserve to go. I'm just following the road that you paved. That's all. It's just a gift. God sent it place that I had nothing to do with it coming. It was born that way. And it's just a gift to glorify Jesus Christ, or to not glorify, but to magnify Him. Bring Him out. Let the people see that He's here. God does that through preaching the Word, through signs and wonders. He's the same Lord Jesus. Do you believe it? Amen. Now look, one more little thought. When Jesus was crucified and was buried, the disciples thought, well, that's it. That's all we'll ever see of Him. I want you to watch just a few moments. There was two of them who was on the road to Emmaus one morning. Going over to Emmaus, some of them went fishing. Oh, they were discouraged. Going along, talking along the road, saying, Well, here we go back home again to take up our old task, going over to Emmaus. Theopius and his friend, as he walked along the road, and while they were communing, behold, Jesus stepped out of the bushes, just an ordinary man, and began to talk to them. And they didn't know it. Now, real li listen closely. Brother, sister, there's many one of you that Jesus has talked to you and you didn't realize it. He's here with us. He's alive. He comes to you every night there and say, It's you I'm talking to. You're, you can be made whole. Just accept it and confess it and see what happens. See? That's Him talking to you. He talked to him all day and He said, Why, you're so sad and weary. Beautiful Easter morning. Jesus alive in the world from the resurrection. First man to raise from the dead. First fruits of them had slept. So then He... Walking along, and they didn't know it. And they went along and said, Were you just a stranger? Well, I said, No, Jesus of Nazareth. And then he began with the Scriptures and explained just exactly what Jesus was supposed to do when he came. And when he went to the little house, a little place where the Sabbath day's journey, they started to go into the inn. So he made out like he was going on by. He does that a lot of times. He might made out like he's going to pass you by tonight, Sonny. This little girl here, this little girl sitting here in a wheelchair, or you over here, or you down here, he might have made out like he's going to pass you by. He just wants to see what you're going to say about it. So he said, act like he'd go by. And they constrained him and said, come in and abide with us. You do the same now. Come in and abide with us. So he come in, as soon as he sat down, they waited to come out, and they brought the bread. And Jesus did something just a little different. And their eyes were open, and they recognized him. And he vanished out of their sight. He was gone just like that. They couldn't find him anywhere. Now, I pray that Jesus of Nazareth, that same resurrected Lord Jesus, will come here tonight and do something a little different than what it really is in a, a regular service. You know, like going out and having an evangelistic service. I pray that he'll do something like he did when he was here on earth. That when he was here in a body form, he did something there to them disciples. They said, well, he, Jesus did that like that. Well, that must be him. He was gone. I hope that he comes tonight and does the same thing here before us, that you will say, it's Jesus raised from the dead. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, now let thy blessings rest upon the people. As thy great spirit begins to move, and I feel it settling over this platform now, I pray that the exceeding abundantly will be done this night. Grant it, Lord. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
everybody be reverent. Just believe on the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, what, what? Sincere prayer. Pray for me now, will you do it? And when I'm way over in the foreign countries and the witch doctors are challenging me as they usually do and everything, can I depend on people of Georgia to be praying for me? And God bless you. And you pray for me. And listen, I might make this statement. I have never seen it challenged yet for what Almighty God come in and tore up the place. There's never been a time where anything ever challenged for what God always come in to vindicate to be true. That's right. Every time. So you don't have to worry. Just believe the Lord Jesus and walk on and see what happens. Now, in the prayer line, let's line up a few of them down here. Uh, who has prayer cards? What was S? S. Who has S number? Let's say number one. Who has S number one? Raise up your hand. Someone with S number one? All right, lady, you come here. Number two. Anybody got number two? Raise up your hand. Prayer card number two. Anywhere? Did you raise your hand over there, lady? Somebody with S number two. You have it, lady. All right. Number three. Raise your hand up. That's right. Number three. Number four. See, I have to get them coming slow because they don't just let the lady out over there, if you will. All right. Prayer card number four. Did I see it? Raise up your hand. Number five. Will you raise up your hand? Prayer card S. Number five. All right. Number six. Will you raise up your hand? Number six. All right. Number seven. Will you raise up your hand? The lady back here. Number eight, will you raise up your hand? Prayer card S8, will you raise your hand up? Eight. You mean that it's not in? Look, uh, somebody, it was the, uh, come here, Brother Woods, look along here, along here. Some of these people might not even be able to raise their hand. I see some prayer cards laying along here. Brother Tom, if you'll start from us. Number eight, prayer card S number eight. Was that her? Is that the lady? That's two, all right? Number eight. It may be somebody deaf. Look at your neighbor's card. It may be somebody deaf and they'll miss your place. Prayer card S, number eight. H, can I see someone pointing their finger, but I don't see no one. With your hand up, eight, number eight. God bless you. upon the people. May great time you see all things, and you cover all space, fill all time, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, the great I am, you'll always be, you're the lover of our souls, the healer of our bodies, the savior of our being, and I pray that you will now come and anoint these handkerchiefs with our great blessings, and when they're laid up on the sick and the afflicted, may every one of them be healed. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you now as we come. First in the prayer line out there. All right, am I a stranger to all of you out that way? If I am, raise your hands. Everyone in the prayer line that I'm a stranger to. Everyone in the audience that I'm a stranger to don't know you, raise your hand. And you see, the only one that I know in the audience to know of is my associate here, Mr. Woods, and these boys sitting right down here. And this preacher, I can't think of his name, but uh, Palmer, Brother Palmer. And that's about all that I know in the, in the meeting. But how many out there doesn't have a prayer card and you believe that Jesus will heal you and you want him to remember you tonight? Raise your hand. Just now remember, he knows every one of you. He knows your heart. Now, 
I pray that he will grant it to each and every one of you. May his loving, blessed presence ever be with you. It's my prayer. I just wish I could explain this to the audience. If I only could, friends, what a difference from that joy of, of preaching here in the Word. Now it's settling down like something standing here near me. It's like real reverent feeling. It's Him, His presence, His being. Just have faith. Remember old blind Bartimaeus sitting at the gate? His faith stopped Jesus when he's on his road to Calvary. Just think, an old blind beggar stopped the Lord Jesus Christ right in his road, and his mind set on Calvary, going up to be crucified, and the people making fun of him and screaming at him and hissing at him. But that old blind beggar standing over there, his faith stopped Jesus right in the road, and he received his sight. You can receive what you ask for if you'll just believe. All right, all lined up, all everything okay? Now, this lady here. Now, it happens to be tonight, audience, that you know I'm stalling for something. That's exactly right. Because until that anointing comes, it's just like that microphone. It can't talk itself. It's got to have something alive to talk in it. That's all. And I, I don't know what to say. I just have to stand here till he comes. And I'm waiting for him. Exactly. That's the reason we wanted the music to play, Only Believe. Let's sing real slowly just once. Will you all together only believe now? the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I take every spirit here under my control for the glory of God. Now, this lady standing here to me is a total stranger. I've never seen her in my life. Perhaps she's never seen me as I know of. We are strange to each other. But you just see me since I've come here, just see me from the audience. Well, now, I want you, the lady, as I speak to you, just knowing that it's our Lord. Let's take this little story again. Usually it works wonderful. Our Lord was going down to Jericho one day, and he said he must need go up to Samaria. I wonder why. I think the Father told him to go up there. He sent his disciples away, and he said to his disciples to go in the city and buy something to eat. So while they were gone away, a lady come out to the well to get some water. Jesus said, bring me a drink. There's a man and a woman talking. And she said, the well is deep and you have nothing to draw with and it's not customary for Jews to ask Samaritans any such things as that, any favors, because we don't uh, have any association together. And 
He said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. He went on carrying the conversation. Now, I think, now I couldn't prove it by the Scripture, but the way it, he works now, and then it must be that this is what he was doing. He was trying to contact her spirit. The Father told him to go up there, just like he told me to come to Macon. See? But now, and here we are met. But then he had to contact her spirit to find out what the Father would say. So he talked to her a little while, directly found where her trouble was, and it was in a marriage condition. He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any. He said, that's right, you got five. Then he, she turned and said, well, I perceive that you're a prophet. She said, now I know when the Messiah cometh, which was Christ, that he'll do this. See, that's the sign of the Messiah, that he'll do this. He said, I'm he that speaks to you. And on that, she run into the city and she said, come see a man who told me everything I ever done. Now, he didn't do that. She's just excited, see. He never told her. But he could have done it if the Father would have showed him. But he just only told her one thing. That was where her trouble was. And she believed him to be the Messiah. Now, if he's raised from the dead, as we believe he has, the Scripture says he has, and the Scriptures cannot be broken. And he claimed that he'd be in every generation declaring himself to the end of the world, doing the same things that he did when he was here on earth. Then here we stand tonight, you and I, as man and woman again. You're a Christian. I see your spirit is welcome when you first walked up that you're a Christian. And now if the Holy Spirit of God will come here and tell me what you want, regardless of what it is, what you're here for, or something about you, well, you'll know whether it's the truth or not. Then if he knows what has been, and you know whether that's truth or not, then he surely knows what will be. Is that right? It surely would be. Then if he would let me know what it was. And now I've got a great long prayer line. I don't wish to talk too much to people because I want to get them all through and some more if I can. So if I can just find something, one thing, it'll be all right. Will the rest of the audience accept Jesus as being resurrected if he'll do this? All right, just look, just wait just a moment until the Spirit of the Lord begins to move between us. Yes, sir? Now, this lady here has been frightened about something. She's, um, she's afraid of cancer. Her trouble is in the colon down in the bowel. That's true. And you've been scared that it was going to be cancer, haven't you? That's right. I just, watch this way now. Just be reverent. Watch me just a moment. I want to help you. The vision broke from you. And now just stand. Now don't, don't be nervous. He, he's, not going to, he's not to hurt you. It's to help you, see. Now, I forget just what it was he was saying. I just didn't Maybe he'll do something else. Here, I, I see you coming from somewhere. You're, you're kind of stiff a little bit tonight. You, you had a fall. You had a fall that was this morning off of a step near a church house. That, that's right, isn't it? Now, don't fear about cancer. Go on, you're going to be well. Your faith makes you well. Jesus Christ sees you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's say praise be to God. From death unto life. When the woman come up, there's a black spirit hanging over. It's gone now. See? If she'll just keep on the way she is, she'll get well. No matter what it is, she'll get well. All right. Are this, you the patient lady? Come here. Now have faith. Believe. We're strangers to each other, I suppose. 
we don't know one another, just perfect strangers. Now, when the vision strikes and he goes to talk and then don't you say nothing, you just listen to what he's saying, then you know whether this be true or not. Are you believing? Just have faith. Our Lord is wonderful. He never fails. Now, this lady here, as I speak with her, she's, uh, you're suffering with with veins, like varicose veins in your legs. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, and then you also have arthritis. Amen. I see you can't hardly get up of the morning and moving around. It's kind of hard for you at times. Yes, that is true. Yes, and now that you might know that I am God's servant, you have a husband, yes, and he's blind. Yes, sir. That's true, isn't it? Yes, sir. Our Heavenly Father, may the blessings of God rest upon her, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go rejoicing now and thanking the Lord Jesus. Go right this way if you will. To the man there. All right. Have faith. Don't doubt. Believe with all your heart, and you shall have what you ask for. I be reverent. I guess the lady, we're strange to each other. The Lord Jesus knows both of us. I don't know you, and you perhaps don't know me. But you're here for some cause, and God knows about it. And you're facing an operation because it's in your stomach, and it's a tumor in the stomach. That's what you were told. That's the truth, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's right. And you have arthritis also, and you have eye troubles. Your eyes are going getting dimmer all the time. What it is is a hardening of the nerves dying in your eyes. That's right. You believe Jesus is sure to make you well? Come forward just a minute. I look, I want to ask you something. He who's here, who knows you? And you know I don't know you. But there's some kind of anointing here. You're conscious of it, aren't you? See? You're, you know there's something going on. That's him. See? And if he's that close and he's speaking through me and I, your brother, then according to his words, if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, won't they? Then this I do in the name of Jesus Christ, that the life of this woman be spared and she'll be made well. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, lady. Be just rejoicing. Come. Have faith. Are we strangers to each other, are we, lady? My, what a time. I just believe that this is going to be one of the greatest nights you've ever seen in Macon. Mm -hmm. It's just such a wonderful, solid mass of faith everywhere, just moving in one accord. Can hardly see the patience. You've got something wrong with your back. I see a crash or something, automobile accident. You've been in an automobile accident. And it hurt your, your back, 
and it hurts your uh, your knee, and it uh, and uh, it hurts your hip, and then you've got high blood pressure, which has resulted from that accident. Go rejoicing, happy, thanking, and praising God, and be made in whole through Jesus. See what the Holy Spirit done to that woman bound? I had nothing to do with it. Her faith did that. Amen. Just have faith, and you can receive what you ask for if you'll only believe. If thou canst believe, Don't condemn the lady. If you was freed from a thing like that, you'd be hollering too. I know I would. <laughs> you suffer with a, a gallbladder condition, don't you? Lady right there on the end of the road has got a gallbladder condition, too. Don't you, lady? Sitting right here. You have a gallbladder condition. That's right. She has two of them, two spirits, a streak of darkness coming between you. Amen. How wonderful. Now, if your faith, you see, it's that spirit there calling to that one there for help, you see. But the Christians are praying, and that's backing up, see. See? The battle is on. The world knows nothing about it. But it's in another realm where you're, we're watching. You believe with all your heart? By the way, you didn't come from this city, did you? You come from Atlanta. Your name is Annie. Johnson's your name, isn't it? Go on back and be well. You too, sister. Jesus Christ makes you. What do you think about it sitting there, sister, with the migraine headaches? Now, do you believe that Jesus will make you well? You do it? Your mother's sitting there, too, isn't she? She has arthritis, doesn't she? Isn't that right? Now, listen, you belong to the Church of Christ, where they don't believe in these, these miracles and things. But you go back and tell them that it's true. Lay your hand over on your mother and be made well. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke this spirit and lay it go and the person be well. I go tell God what great things he's done for you. Have faith. Come, lady. You believe? No, I wasn't reading her mind either. Mm -mm. Don't you quit thinking that. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Remember, I get what you're thinking about. <laughs> We're strangers to one another. I don't know you. God does know you. He can reveal to me what's your trouble. I couldn't heal you. But he could do that through grace. After preaching the word, you should believe it. But God's not willing that any should perish or be saved. God wants us to prosper in health, doesn't he? He wants you to be well. If he'll tell me what's wrong with you, would you believe that he's here? It's him instead of me. You will. You got stomach trouble. That's right, isn't it? You can't eat greasy foods and things. You back away from the table. 
You got a husband, too, that's got diabetes. That's right. You don't come from this country. You come from South Carolina. You're in a party of six. Is that right? Three men, three women. Return back rejoicing and be well. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does thou believe? All things are possible if thou can only believe. Have faith. We're strangers to each other, lady. Oh, my. How wonderful. Little lady, sitting right back out there, you got trouble in your back, haven't you? Sitting around the end of the seat there. you got a back trouble, haven't you? You're wearing a brace right now on your back, beneath your clothes. Isn't that right? When you go home, take it off. Your faith heals you. Jesus Christ made you well. Oh, he's wonderful. Just believe you can receive. You suffer with a head trouble, don't you, lady? Now, I see something about somebody. You've got a, a relative. It's a granddaughter. And she's got bursted veins in her head, and she's bleeding right now. Go home. Jesus Christ makes you well. Your faith heals you. Amen. Let's say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And he will see you when you come up there just then. Jesus Christ makes you a road. Just go right on your road happy and rejoicing. Come, lady. You believe? With all your heart? I, I am not... Come up here, lady. So somebody here will know that I'm not reading your mind. Lay your hand over on me this way, just for contact. I've never looked at you no more, and I see you're a woman walking across the platform. I've never seen you. Not looking at your mind. Don't even think about what's wrong with you. But do you believe me to be God's servant? Yes, you do? If God will reveal to me as I look this way, not really looking at you, looking this way, what's wrong with you? Will you raise your other hand if it's the truth? Yes. You have a tumor. <laughs> see, I'm not reading her mind. It's gone from you now, lady. Just go on your road rejoicing. All right. All right. Thank you. Come. God bless you, sister. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may you be healed for God's glory. Go on your road rejoicing, saying, Thank you, Lord. All right. Come with me. You don't get with that stomach trouble? Go eat your supper and say, Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Let's say, Praise be to God. Come. Look, there's a cross on top of a mountain one time where the precious blood of God's Son come out of there. A transfusion by faith from that tonight would take all the diabetes away and make you well. Do you believe that? You accept it? Then may you receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Go. Would you come, lady? You believe me to be his servant? You have a lady's trouble, female trouble, bothers you bad, abscess, but Jesus Christ can make you well. Do you believe it? Then I ask for your healing. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you receive it. Let's say thanks be to God. Amen. All right, come, ladies. 
Have faith. Do you all believe? God, be praised. Now, the lady standing here. This is the patient? All right. Now, lady, I suppose we're strangers to each other, are we? We don't know one another. You see me one time. Well, I don't know you. It's hard. No way for me to know you. But God knows you. He knows what you're here for. If God will reveal to me what you're here for, will you accept your healing? The old gentleman sitting there with the white hair and beard. Sir, you have a rupture, don't you? You believe God will make you well? <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> have faith. I see a pull coming from him there. From a, There's a man sitting behind him there with that little blue boat town. He also has a rupture. You believe? Yes, sir. You want to be made well? All right, you got a habit you want to quit too, don't you? Yes, sir. Quit your smoking cigarettes then. Go on and serve the Lord. That'll be all of it. Amen. Praise be to the living God. Jehovah, Jireh, Jehovah, Raphael, the great I Am. Not the I was, I am. The everlasting. He that was dead and is alive again. The root and offspring of David. The morning star, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the all-lovely one, the all-sufficient one, the all-present one, the all-powerful one. His blessings be reigned forever and forever. Amen. Excuse me. This, you're the patient. I, I don't know, sister. I... I, I don't know you, but God knows you. But now you're standing there with your hand up, your eyes closed. But the Lord Jesus knows all about you. He, I, if I could heal you, I would, but I can't. I can't do it. But you're suffering with a female trouble. It's a lady's trouble. That's right. And you're also interested in another person. Yes. It's a little boy, yes. honey, brown, pinky hair, wearing glasses. Yes. And he's got a, a kidney yes. trouble. <laughs> and I see somebody standing by you. It's a brown... Well, this is your wife, sir. Well, God bless you. Go on your road rejoicing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. You see, the man's got a trumpet in his ear. Let's bow our heads just a minute. I don't know it's a death spirit on him. There may be other things that I can't say. Let's bow our heads and no one look up till I, you hear my voice say, look up. Now, because this has to be driven out. So keep your heads bowed. And this is what you do. you believe with all your heart? Our Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, bless this man who I bless in thy name. And may this evil spirit that's 
trying to take his life, causing to walk before a vehicle somewhere and be killed, taken out of life before his time comes prematurely. Satan, we adjure thee by the living God, the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leave the man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How long have you been that way? Since I was in service. Is that right? You hear me all right now? You hear me now? You're perfectly normal. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I'm just whispering. You love him with all your heart? All right, you can raise your head. Look here, here's his trumpet. You hear me all right? Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now you are. Go on your road rejoicing and say, thanks be to God. All right, come right You want to get over that tumor? You believe God will heal you? Raise up your hand and say, I accept him with all my heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke this devil that would take the woman's life. Come out of her in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. What if I told you that you was healed sitting there in a chair? Would you believe me? Well, then just go on your road happy and rejoicing and say thanks be to God. Heart trouble kills more people than anything else. But Jesus saves. Do you believe that? You accept it for your heart now? Amen. Then in the name of Jesus Christ, may you be made well. Amen. All right. Would you come? You believe, lady, with, with all your heart? With all your mind, believe that Jesus Christ makes you well right now? He does. I lay hands up on you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and ask that you be made well. Amen. Sir, sitting there with a prostrate trouble, you believe Jesus heals you and makes you well? You do? God bless you. Is your name Mr. French, isn't it? You, yes, sir. Is that right? The E. French, is that right? Raise up to your feet. I heard your name called by an angel of God. Your faith has healed you, sir. Go on your road rejoicing. Amen. Diabetes, God, just heal that like anything else, couldn't he? In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask for your healing. Amen. Go happy and rejoicing. The little lady that just left here just a few minutes ago before this lady... When you were standing in the prayer line, lady, you had a real odd feeling come over you when you first started the prayer line. Isn't that right? This lady had the same thing, didn't you, lady? Because you both had kidney trouble, you see. You were healed, and you were healed before you even come up here. So you just go on your road rejoicing. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Of course, sir, wearing glasses, we know there'd be something wrong with your eyes. Maybe there's something else. You have arthritis. That's right. You get real stiff at times, don't you? And then when you're trying to move, sometimes you move your foot sideways when you're sitting down like that to step off of something. You won't have to do that no more. Your faith heals you. Go in the name of the Lord Jesus and be made well. Amen. Have faith! My, my Christian friend, if you only knew, the Holy Spirit just seems like it just settled over the building. Over the place. 
You believe, lady? Would you do what I told you to? Now, Ben, that you're standing here, all your life you've been nervous. You're not a nervous person that shakes, but you're a nervous person by thinking. You're always pre-planning things, going ahead planning things ahead. Usually never happens that way. We call it crossing bridges before you get to them. In doing that, you form the stomach trouble. That's right. It's that ulcer in your stomach. It's nervousness. Now, you quit being nervous. There's no need to be nervous. Jesus is with you. Now, go on your road rejoicing, thanking God and praising Him, and you'll get completely well. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have faith. You believe in? How do you do, sir? We are strangers to each other, I suppose. Yes, We are never met one another, and here we are standing, one a white man and one a colored man. Two different nations, but God knows that there's no middle wall between us and Christ. You are suffering with something wrong in your knees. That's right. You're not from here. You come from another city. Oh, Ford Valley, something like that. Ford Valley, Georgia. And you're a preacher. Yes. F. H. Henderson. Go on your road rejoicing, Mr. Henderson. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Is this? Huh? Is it we? Have faith. What about you down here in a wheelchair? I know as my boy pat my side, I know that something's happening. But just look once more. Be faithful. Have faith. This man here was praying a while ago. I've seen the light holding or it's about the child sitting there in a wheelchair. Honey, you believe Brother Branham to be God's servant? You do? You want to be well? You believe God will raise you up out of that wheelchair? You're just a baby. You can't have faith for yourself. Dad, lay your hand over on her. Now that devil, it binds her. Satan, in Jesus' name, turn the child loose. Raise up from there, honey. Come up out of the wheelchair. There you are. Push your wheelchair back. You're whole now, sweetheart. The old kid's trouble will leave you. The rest of you, rise to your feet everywhere. If you want to be healed, I don't care what's wrong. Satan, you've lost the battle. You can't hold these people any longer. Come out of here. In the name of Jesus Christ, I adjure thee to leave this group of people, every one of them, to be made well. Come out. Leave in Jesus Christ's name. May you go from this audience and everyone be there. <laughs>